Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I am so excited because I am sitting here looking at a, what, three quarters full glass of grapefruit cider made by the guys over at Black Apple Cidery. And it's actually technically Black Apple Crossing. It's Black Apple Crossing. And and honestly, yours was filled. It's three quarters because you drank it down a quarter. I wanted to make that very clear. (laughs) I did not short you on that. No, no. And that's one of the founders of Black Apple Crossing, Leo Orpin. And Leo and uh, Manuel Enrique Tejeda, or Manny, as everybody calls you. Is that that it? Yeah. Yeah, Everybody calls calls me Manny. Yeah. So Manny was kind enough to connect with me and uh, invite me in to sit down and learn a little bit more about Black Apple. So I just want to say I appreciate you guys having me today and having the podcast here to visit. And I think anybody that 
serving drinks and wants to be on the podcast, I will come wherever you are. That goes without saying. <laughs> yeah. So no, in, in all seriousness, though, we're, we're excited to be here. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about Black Apple Crossing? We're located right here in downtown Springdale, which is an area that is regenerated, actually, when you think of it. And I think it's really interesting to see the change that's taking place. I'm right here on Emma, kind of halfway between 265 and um, South Thompson, which is which are two streets that kind of bisect north-south in Springdale, for those that, that aren't familiar. We're just down the street from the Jones Center. We're right near, I believe, it's one of Tyson's locations for their IT department. That's correct. So, I mean, there's a lot going on in this area, and it's continuing to grow. The Chamber of Commerce for Springdale is just down the street. There is a bunch of new restaurants opening up, and you guys are here. So, why don't you just kind of give us an intro of, of Black Apple Crossing and how you ended up right here in downtown Springdale? Absolutely. It's probably one of our more like asked questions as far as frequency. So when we got here, I'll, I'll start with the name. So you brought up Black Apple Crossing. So we are a stone's throw away from the railroad crossing. We have the Arkansas-Missouri Railway Station just right next door to us. And so it was made all the sense of the world for us to be the crossing. That is here, the tap room, this location. If you ever see our brand out, we are just Black Apple. That's a Black Apple cider, grapefruit Black Apple cider that you're drinking there right. that you'll see out in the market. When we got here and decided to purchase the building, it was myself. We call him the uh, cider decider. Out in the brewery world, they have the brewmaster, but in cidery industry, uh, they call them cider makers. Right. And we thought... Being the first cidery in the state of Arkansas, that that was kind of a boring term. So we just ran with the new one. Cider to cider <laughs> sounded cooler. So I like that is that. what he does. <laughs> cider um, to cider. Plenty of microbiology background. Uh, so he really takes care of the uh, science side of things. And then my uh, third partner, John Hanley, has a heavy experience in, uh, in food safety. And between the three of us, we bought this building back in 2014. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always joke that this was probably the first time I ever saw a tumbleweed in the state of Arkansas. It was kind of a desolate downtown. Yeah. We are going out under a very a strong revitalization. And it's happened very quickly because four years ago wasn't that long ago. And it went from not having any streetlights, having no trash cans, benches, the sidewalks were a mess to you walked in the front. It is, it's beautiful. Yeah. They just redid that not even a year and a half ago. A lot of new businesses are coming in. You mentioned some of them that were here when we were here. The uh, Rodeo of the Ozarks, Art Center of the Ozarks, the Shiloh Museum. Outside of a few other local businesses, there wasn't a whole lot. Right. We would be known to, after a long day's work, play football on Emma Street because there would be no vehicles. No yeah. <laughs> so a lot's changed. We picked this facility because we were looking all over Northwest Arkansas at the time. We were home brewers that uh, like to make English ales and ciders. And uh, to kind of make a long story short, when we started getting to the point that we were kegging them and taking them to friends, company outings or wedding receptions or any events like that, we got a lot of positive feedback on the cider. And at this point, it wasn't a year or so later that all these production breweries started to open up all over Northwest Arkansas. You had about three or four of them. I believe it was like Core... Saddlebach, uh, Fossil Cove, all these breweries start to open up at once. And that was, and they were following a trend that was happening all over the country. Right. And so even if we wanted to do the beer, it's like, well, that, that is already starting to get crowded. There's not really much of a niche there. Let's, let's see, let's, let's see what the cidery can do. And so we, the next step was 
if we were going to take this from being a hobby to a business, we were going to need a facility. And so we looked all over and we found this. And what's cool about this facility that we're in right now is we have about, it's about 8,000 square foot facility. Okay. It was built back in 1935. It's been a ton of different businesses, a ton. When we got it, it was a, well, the nicest way I could put it, it was a consignment shop. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, but it was most famous as George's Chicken's first office in Hatchery. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and you brought up uh, Tyson has an office next to us, which is now uh, where Tyson's IT department is. And that was one of their first offices in Hatchery. So like the, the mecca of the poultry industry in the United States is right here in downtown Down Springdale. Springdale. Yeah. And before that, the major economic driver was the apple industry. And so it's kind of irony that we were to take one of the first of a major poultry company and bring the apple industry back into that facility. It's got a lot of cool, rich history. It's almost like full circle. It know? is. And it was all by complete accident. It's not like we did our research and it was like, you know what? There's that chicken <laughs> building we're going to buy and then we're going to tie the apple industry. And we found it all <laughs> later. Thank you, Shiloh Museum. All the credit goes to them. Right, right. <laughs> Man, that's an interesting history. So tell me just, I'd be curious just so, so that our audience can know a little bit about you, Leo, and, and what drove you. Have you been in other businesses before you started this or was it really just, you know, a, a homespun brewery slash cidery that ultimately became Black Apple Crossing and you've just kind of immersed yourself in this buying a building and everything or what was what's your superhero origin story? <laughs> you know, uh, I think a lot of a lot of listeners can relate to my story because I couldn't make up my damn mind growing up. <laughs> like there wasn't this, oh, I wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was born. My father actually happened to be an entrepreneur, but it, it was really a hobby. He didn't really take it very seriously. I think to this day, he's not really making much money with it. No offense, dad, if you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah. we, we uh, When I went to college, I went to the University of Arkansas. Okay. It was undecided most of my time I was there. I mean, then probably about my third, fourth year had to decide because all my basic classes were done. You have to stick with one. I changed my major about six different times before I landed in sports management. Okay. So I had about five, six years of sports background, just traveling around the country for sports jobs. Then I decided to come back to Northwest Arkansas. It just drew me back. I loved it so much. Mm -hmm. And uh, But trying to get back into the sports industry, there's really only the Razorbacks and the Naturals up here, right. neither of which were hiring at the time. So then I decided, you know what? I'm going to go get my master's because I'm bored and I have nothing else to do. And while I was getting my master's, I was uh, also doing the homebrewing with my friend, Trey Holt, who is now friend and business partner. And we would just, it started like most homebrewer stories with the, the kit, the little box. And it, and we did it for the first time and it was the most terrible thing you've ever tasted, but we were cheap. So we finished every bit of it because right. we were proud. Right. I mean, that became from there to a all grain method that looked like a meth lab in the garage. And <laughs> yeah, the neighbors called on us. Like just, there's a lot of weird storyline that kind of went along with that. But I ended up through just word of mouth going from the sports realm to the alcohol realm by virtue of a company called Arkansas Craft Distributors mm -hmm. that were wanting to open a craft beer distributor in the state of Arkansas. Because one of the things that the state of Arkansas was lacking in comparison to other states were a lot of these major craft beer brands 
coming to the state. So right. like while everybody else had Lagunitas and, you know, stoned and like just, I mean, there's, it's countless craft beer lines that we see now in the state. Absolutely. That was, that was what we were there for was to recruit those and to distribute those throughout the states to bars and restaurants and retailers. So people knew that there were other great craft beers out there. And so I kind of learned the business side of that by helping run that distributor up here in Northwest Arkansas. All the while, my partner Trey was working at the lab at Tyson hmm. uh, as a microbiologist. And so when we found the facility, we really ran out of excuses. It was, it was time to go ahead and give this a shot. So in 2014, we incorporated, bought the facility. We, it took us about a year to get this old building retrofitted into a cidery. It's beautiful though. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I've heard, I've talked to several people that have come here to hang out and they really enjoy coming here. You guys do some contests here and some other things. Is that? I'll let Manny speak on that. That's uh, actually what Manny does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that's one of the great things about having the position that I have as an event coordinator is that our venue is actually probably the most beautiful one downtown. I'll claim it. I'll go ahead and claim it. Cause <laughs> Why it, not? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it really just was that naturally when Leo was talking about retrofitting the building, it's really, it was just cutting it down to the bare bones of what the building used to be. And um, I think a lot of people appreciate that kind of sense of nostalgia that you get when you walk in here, you get these big, tall ceilings, and then you always get that whiff of some apple product right. brewing next door. Um, I mean, you can smell the, I mean, I smelled the apples before I even hit the door. Yeah. Like, it, like, you know, just, it just smelled so good. And the thing is we brew so many flavors here that it's, it's not always the same smell. Right. You're either smelling some kind of hibiscus flower or some marigold or some kind of fruit, something going on. But yeah, as, as the event coordinator, you know, you, I get the privilege of having this beautiful venue, but yeah, we'll do anything we can to, to just expose our product to other people. So we'll have food competitions on, on Cinco de Mayo. We had a Cinco de Cider event where people had a guacamole and salsa competition. We do other things like a tall girl appreciation day on the longest day of the year. <laughs> you know, a tallest girl gets a, a free growler fill. Wow. So yeah, just trying to be creative in that kind of space as, as our v venue continues to grow and as downtown Springdale continues to grow. So if anybody listening was thinking, man, maybe I want to do an event here. They would want to contact you about that. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing. We're so open to anything anybody wants to do. We have pretty much an idea of what we want to collaborate with, but we're open to anything. So some of the stuff that we've really been getting a privilege to do lately is doing art classes, having some kind of teacher, student type of presentation going on on some of our evenings. Last one we had, we was, it was like a succulent potting class that incorporated oils as a diffuser with the pods. We're also doing a watercolor-based art class. So finding as many creative ways. And and we also do group weddings, uh, wedding rehearsals. So yeah, anything we can do with the venue, we're totally open to it. Oh, I love that. Maybe yeah. we need to come down here and do some type of uh, live podcast event. That's something yeah. that every, somebody <laughs> asked me about. And I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe we'll, we'll see what we can do. But I really like that because, you know, there there are like, there's a whole business of these wine and paint parties that they have. And so why not be paint and cider, right? right. I mean, it just, I mean, cider goes just as well with paint as wine does. Yeah. So, and, you know. and, and that's the whole idea is, is, you know, just trying to, again, expose people, as many people as possible to the product because you can pair the cider with different things. If it's a culinary thing, if it's just an experience, 
we want as many people out here to, to be able to see the place as, as possible. I think that's, that's a big thing of what Leo and Trey were trying to accomplish when they first were revitalizing the space as a big open space where people can go and gather and, and just really enjoy themselves and each other as they're drinking the product because it's such a different product compared to anything else out there. Yeah. And I've actually had some people on the podcast mention coming here and hanging out and saying how much fun they had. And I just noticed yeah. behind Leo, I see there's a, a genius edition of Trivial Pursuit, which <laughs> I would dominate in, but that's a whole nother story. But um, that's part of one, you know, in addition to all the events that Manny puts on, we do a lot of like weekly promotions. And one of them that was actually driven by our customers was uh, our board game nights that we do every Wednesday. Okay. We actually have groups of people that will bring gigantic bags of the most random, awesome, mind you, but random board games, and they will invite people to come and join them. And a lot of those we just kind of collected. Right. And so as you start to see those, we, we got board games all over. All over. And jigsaw puzzles, puzzler. We have puzzle nights. We have trivia nights. We have live music, live comedy. We've, if it's, something that you're using your mind, if it kind of goes along with our demographics, or really if it's something weird, right? we're going to try it. Yeah. Like yeah. that's that's just how we do. And that's one of the reasons Manny's in the position he's in because he's has a knack for finding weird things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that can be good or bad, but I think in this instance, it's got to be good because, you know, people are tired of the same old, same old. I think people want different experiences and, and different you know, vibes to go at. And I, I actually like that. I didn't realize the whole game night thing, but that's something that I definitely want to come here and try to be a part of because that's, I mean, that to me is what community is all about. And so you guys are in your own way, fostering that type of community here in Northwest Arkansas, which I think is really important. So We embraced being the purple cow when we started here, you know, being the first cidery. A lot of people didn't know what cider was when when they came here. And for anybody who doesn't know what cider is, it's literally just anything fermented apple juice right. is what it is. Everything that we do is based from apples, right. which is naturally gluten-free. And the one thing that separates us from other cideries in the country is we are uh, more of kind of an unadulterated beverage in the way that we don't add any sulfites or any other preservatives. I mean, we try to source as much local and regional ingredients as we can. It's also an unfiltered product. I mean, we really don't do a whole lot outside of fermenting it. Yeah. Yeah. But there is some science behind that. Oh, there's where, plenty of science. So, because I mean, what I've been told, and I actually, I'm ashamed to say this back in like 92, and I don't want to date myself, but I got one of those home brewing kits. Oh, there you go. And I did make a batch, but I threw mine out because it was nasty. And that was, all, <laughs> it was my, that was my one time experience. But you, you had a bad experience and you just kept moving with it. it you know, you, you could have gone the way that I went and then not started this, but you actually went the opposite direction and said, you know what? I'm going to keep at this until I get it right. Because it was the process that we loved. The product, obviously, especially the first time, was not, <laughs> was not the experience to us. The process was, it was, uh, it was the process of making it, the science behind it. And, the, and after, I, I remember that first time, after that first time, I knew that we're going to nail this. Yeah. It may take seven or eight times, yeah. but we yeah. are going to nail this. And I can't brag enough on our, we call them our black apple ops. Right. The back. <laughs> They're our production team and they have a lot on their plate. Uh, right now in the market, we've been about three months strong canning. Mm -hmm. So we're in retailers all over Northwest Arkansas. What are some of the biggest retailers we can go to and get the cans? So of right black, now, the bigger, uh, the bigger chains that we're in right now are like Sam's Club, mm -hmm. Harps. Um, we haven't 
We haven't made it into Walmarts yet, but they're coming. Um, we are in uh, Ozark Natural Foods, Whole Foods. Um, I mean, it, it might be easier for me to name what who, who we're not. Yeah, like right. is not carrying us currently. Uh, we're in most of all the major independent liquor stores in mm-hmm. uh, Northwest Arkansas and Fort Smith. We are also in Fort Smith, uh, and we are just about to launch next week into Central Arkansas for uh, bars and restaurants. We I will heard be, that in Little Rock. Draft. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I congratulations. I bring, thank on you. That. Yeah. I bring that up to say that our production team's outstanding. Yeah. Like they have a lot, a lot of work. And Manny and I's job is to talk about it and take credit for it every now and then. <laughs> Which is what you're doing right now. Is that not great? So, yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And you know, folks would be for those that that don't have the privilege of being with us right now, I mean I'm looking at the there is a there is a, a blackboard up uh in the back of the the cidery here and uh they've got about eight different variations on cider they have a dry a hibiscus a semi-sweet a pineapple which i tried earlier a grapefruit which i'm enjoying right now as we do this podcast don't tell anybody a blueberry a strawberry and a cucumber mint and they have them ranked based on um, from uh, semi as dry as they can be all the way to sweet and uh you know that was the thing that i was telling leo about Cider is that you know if you drink cider, a lot of a lot of ciders have have a lot of sugar in them, and but but there's a way to process and make cider where it doesn't have a high sugar content, which has always been my preference to enjoy ciders that way. And you have some really quality ciders, just from the few that I've sampled, and I can tell that it doesn't give me that 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 extra sugar rush that you don't necessarily need. And that coupled with the health benefits of, for those of you that are are, are celebrating a gluten-free lifestyle, I recently just had a, a guest on the podcast, um, Joseph Suarez, who is a celiac. And so he can only eat certain things and he can only drink certain things from an alcoholic sta- alcohol standpoint. And it's just important for people to know that they do have options, that they can Absolutely. get a good beverage and not sacrifice. You know, I used to love wheat beer. I used to love, you know, Hefeweizens and the Dunkelweisses and, you know, all of the, all of the, the other types of lager beers. But now I exclusively drink cider and, 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 you know, the, I wish when I traveled, I could get it on a plane, but you can't. So, you know, <laughs> that's the, that's the only downfall. But usually when I go to a new location, just like what you guys are doing here in our own backyard in Northwest Arkansas, there are a lot of other little cideries around the country that are popping up. And I go into these really nice restaurants and they all have some exclusive local cider that they're sharing. And those ciders tend to be really, really good because they're made with a lot of love and care. It's it's really following the craft beer movement in the way that uh, what we're doing now and what the cidery industry in the United States is experiencing is what craft beer was experiencing a little over a decade ago. It's same in terms of growth, but also same in terms of quality. It's like to the point that you're making, like most people, when they think of cider, they're, they're probably familiar with some of the larger guys, Angry Orchard. Right. Well, Angry Orchard is kind of known as the uh, kind of our Anheuser-Busch Miller Coors <laughs> of the cider industry, not in quality. I don't yeah. like, you know, everybody has certain tastes, but they own over 50% of the market currently as far as cider sales go, which is incredible. Yeah. Um, but they, they, then you have the woodchucks, hornsbees. There's a lot of large commercial ciders, which to your point are very much the same in the way that they're very, uh, almost candy apple, very, 
very, very sweet. Um, all seem to be about the same ABV. All seem to be about the same carbonation level. And then all of a sudden, this craft cidery industry kind of exploded. Now, just to kind of like explain how far apart we are from the craft beer industry, we have about 800 or so cideries in the United States right now. And you have about eight, 9,000 craft breweries right now in the United States. So the cider industry still has. It's a, in its infancy. It, it really is. And it's still in it, but it's just this sharp, sharp like, spike right yeah. now. It's incredible what cideries are going through right now. But what they're doing and what we're doing is we're benchmarking your European style ciders where, and that's something that you probably saw when you were looking at the board, the, our ABVs are much higher. Right. And then you'll see like from an angry orchard and some of these others, and they're much drier leaning. That's, that's something that you see in other cideries around the world. I always joke that cider's a lot like uh, soccer where in the, all over the world, soccer is the number one sport. Every yeah. it's super popular ciders, unbelievably popular outside the United States. And then just like soccer, Outsiders hasn't made its way, and neither neither has soccer when it comes to the United States, right? I, so, yeah. like we're but we're working to change that. And the Northwest Arkansas, and now we're finding out Arkansas in general has more than embraced us. This is what keeps us going, right? Is from starting in this little tap room that we're in now, from home brewing to this little tap room to going all starting to saturate the state of Arkansas. It was because the community embraced us. Yeah. And it's it's been awesome. Like how many people are early adopters to trying something that they've never even heard of before because of the movements that have happened before us. Like they they're having some familiarity with the craft beer movement, I think really did help us yeah. in the way that, you know what? I don't like beer, but I'm willing to give them a shot because I gave a couple of these guys a shot and it sounds cool. And it sounds like it'd be perfect for me. My doctor tells me to go gluten-free. Exactly. You know, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, that's, and that's kind of where it starts is we have all these cool, unique characteristics that you don't necessarily see uh, when it comes to other breweries or other wineries or distilleries or any of these other craft alcohols that you're starting to see all over the place. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been awesome the, how the movement's kind of just – made its way. Yeah, no, and that's exciting and I think um, you know, only the the future it's it sounds and looks bright. What are your plans? What are you what are you guys discussing? What's next for for Black Apple Crossing? Man, I know you have a lot on your plate. Just just a little bit. It's just a little <laughs> bit. We've uh we've been through this uh very large momentum at this growth experience that we're going through is to to us just uh mind-blowing. We, uh, when we, when we started the business, we had about a three to five year plan that we put into place and by year one and a half, we already surpassed it. Wow. And, um, we weren't expecting that. Uh, we are, we are currently in about 160 different bars and restaurants on tap in Northwest Arkansas and, uh, Fort Smith. And we are in over a hundred retailers in Northwest Arkansas and Fort Smith. Starting next week, we will be in about 30, 40 different bars and restaurants in central Arkansas. Yeah. By the end of 2019, we're hoping to saturate the rest of the state. And the next big step is going to be uh, a second production facility because we are going to max out the capacity of this facility that we're in now, which seemed to be gigantic when we moved into it 
back and now, four not years so much. ago. No, it does not <laughs> seem like that anymore. I was going to ask you about capacity, and it sounds like you guys are, 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 I mean, there's a lot of opportunity here. Are you currently hiring or are there? We just are, went through a huge hiring okay. spree because so this, about a year ago, we got all our new equipment mm-hmm. um, and we got some gigantic steel fermenters, new Bright tank, a lot, just a lot of new processing equipment. We've uh, tripled our keg dunnage. Um, obviously, with the canning line, we have a uh, very large industrial style uh, pasteurizer, okay. uh, which we have to have uh, in order for our cans to remain shelf stable. Because when you don't add sulfites or preservatives into your cider, you got to stop the yeast somehow. So right. we just pasteurize it to. Uh, to kill the yeast by okay. heating it. And then that allows that cider to remain on your shelves for six months to a year. Okay. Have you done a taste test to compare the canned ciders versus the stuff that's coming out of the You know, it's, it's real similar to almost anything you can. Like if, uh, if you taste something that you make and then you put it into a can or any sort of container that's sealed so well, it almost, it's almost tastes a little more concentrated when you, uh, when you drink it. Right. right. So, which is why almost all of like the nicer, they even do that with wines, right? Right. You want to let them breathe. Right. Uh, when I was, you know, hawking craft beer that was, you know, you had an imperial stout or something, go ahead and pour it into a glass. Don't drink it straight out of the bottle. Right. I find you best appreciate a, a cider doing the same, same. out of the can, okay. but, uh, it's still so, easy drinking that that's one of the reasons we went into the can because we're in Northwest Arkansas where we're surrounded by beautiful rivers and lakes and camping and festivals and all these things that promote cans to go out where you can't have glass. Right. Like it just was a no brainer for us. And so it's the perfect vessel to hold our liquid. Absolutely. And we, and we want everyone to recycle responsibly as Absolutely. well. So yeah, we don't want any, any, uh, black apple crossing, uh, cans ending up in the Buffalo river. That's right. So. Sustainability and moderation. Yes, yes, exactly. I like that. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, well, man, this is, this is, this has been great. I'm sure that the audience would have a lot of questions. I, I suggest for those of you that are listening to this episode of I am Northwest Arkansas, that you need to just come out and, and sit down, uh, even if you can't enjoy the company of Manny or um, Leo, I suggest that you come here and sit down with a, a loved one or a family member and just enjoy some cider. It's really, really, really good. I, I got to say, in this grapefruit cider that I'm drinking, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I need to get, is, is that in cans or? Uh, we don't have that one in cans, uh, but we man. do have, we do have to go growlers that you oh, can take. Right. We oh, will definitely so you have to have the growlers. We will okay. definitely take care of you. The, the cans that we currently have, uh, we currently have our year round hibiscus in okay. four pack cans. And then we have our, uh, seasonal, uh, pineapple. It's our summer seasonal pineapple in four pack cans and our year-round semi-sweet okay. in four-pack cans. And actually, the pineapple the semi-sweet just released this week, so check out a retailer near you. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Okay, so we got we have the number of ways to do it, but you can always come here and get a, a growler, just like you can at like a Whole Foods or some other place, and, and um, have them fill it up with whatever, whatever your choosing is Absolutely. And, and take it home. 
Uh, what do the growlers run? Do they? Does it depend uh, yeah, on so the? They're, they typically they're uh, ten dollars for the glass, ten dollars okay. for the fill for most of our ciders, unless it's like a limited release or something. Okay, and then it, could, it could be priced different. And then once they come in, they can just bring that cleaned growler absolutely. back and yeah. then just get it refilled. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a lot of people doing that now? Uh, you know the regulars. Okay. Do okay. all the time. A lot. A lot of people. Actually, most people that aren't used to it, they'll forget it in their car or at their house, and they'll end up owning about seven or eight of them because they're. Now, remember, I'm one of those people. Right, right. I own about 12 growlers because I never remember to bring mine back. Well, maybe you should loan me one then and I'll get some. Oh, absolutely. I'll get, I'll get absolutely. Some I think, I, I, think I know a guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, that's good. Well, before we close out, um, I would love to just learn what, what what's moving you here in Northwest Arkansas right now. Um, what's your favorite restaurant? Where do you, where, both of you guys, where do you, and I know I'm putting you on the spot oh, and you man. might make some chefs angry. But I'm always curious to know what people think are the best places to eat right now. Oh, man. Like that, it is really, really tough for the same reason when somebody asks me like what my favorite shrink is. Yeah. Like obviously I have to say some sort of cider yeah. to just to save face. But like it really, for me, any culinary experience is all has to do with like the mood I'm in, the environment, the season. Like I have so many favorites. You're right. I will piss off a lot of people. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll try to name some of them off the top of my head. I, uh, I love, uh, if I'm in Fayetteville, Cafe Rue Orleans is okay. a, it's very, it's very, Marty yep, is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, delicious. Um, I love that New Orleans style. Sure. Uh, cuisine. Man, in Bentonville, there are just uh, so many up there. I've been to, Tuscan Trotter, Press Room, Preacher's Son. I mean, like they're... Does Preacher's Son carry your cider? They do. Okay. They I was do. about to say. Because Matt a is fantastic, yeah, a fantastic exactly. account. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. We, we, love, we love you, Matt. Uh, I will say this. as a, I'm going to go ahead and, and give a shout out to my favorite taco truck right now. And as, as a Springdale guy, this kind of hurts my heart to say. But I think my favorite taco truck at the moment is in Mocajete, which is I heard it's, about it's, that place. It's, it's on it's on Eighth uh, Street, just north south, uh, a little bit closer to downtown Rogers. You know, Springdale has a long history of of really really great taquerias. I'm glad you about that. Huh? Yeah. Uh, so shout out and love to all of our Springdale taquerias. Right. Right. But at the moment, at the moment, my favorite one is in Mocajete in, in Rogers. Okay, I'll have to have you spell that for me later. Because yeah. <laughs> actually, I just discovered Yayos. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yayos mean, is great, and, too. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's just so many, though. That's the thing. There, keeping it, Springdale up. is known for its authentic taquerias. We actually have the Springdale Taco Tour here. And like, there's probably within a mile, there's about six or seven. And what's really cool is every one of them have their own specialty. Like you have Don Pedro's that smokes their meats. I believe, uh, and I, I believe uh, Guanajuato does... Uh, like tortas is what they're known for. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a special place in our heart across the road, uh, Taqueria Danguero. I saw that. Yeah, they are phenomenal. But they're, I think, in my opinion, they're best known for their sauces. Yeah, like, and and not only that, but just being a long time Springdale Center uh, Taqueria. I mean, they've been down the road from Springdale High School for I think almost a decade or more. Right. Um, so I think everybody's kind of grow, grown up with Donguero, which is great for us because they're right across the street. Right. right? We tell everybody, right. just go get some tacos. And that's, so that's Springdale identity. That's something that we always talk about, Leo and I, and, and along with Misty, who started, uh, who was one of the founding people for Downtown Springdale Alliance. Mm -hmm. She's on the board for Bike NWA. Misty, actually, who is, uh, Leo is lucky enough to be married to. 
is a big part of what we do here at the team. And so when we talk about what we want to be for the future, you know, being one of the OGs of downtown Springdale (laughs) and still seeing all the growth that's going on around here, being involved with those groups and just seeing all, all the growth is having that voice and being able to, to kind of have our say on what the revitalization is going to be for Springdale is having, being a staple is important to us, I think, because we've invested so much here and, and we want to continue to help and see that grow. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's, yeah, you put it, you put it perfectly. And again, I think you guys are on the, you guys are on the plus side of the curve in terms of just the growth and the, the delta that's about to happen here. And I think you guys putting into it and putting into this community is going to pay back huge dividends for you down the road. So congratulations to both of you and to the rest of the team, the Cider Decider and um, <laughs> John Hanley and the rest of the folks at Black Apple. We really appreciate you guys sharing with us and just opening up to the audience. If people want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more, what's what's the website address? So we're at blackapplecrossing.com. Okay. And it has everything from the different ciders that we can to what's on tap. Uh, it has our event calendar. Um, it has some of our favorite places in downtown Springdale. Sure. So if, especially on the food side of things for the restaurants that I did not name that were in downtown Springdale, you could find them there. Okay. And then we also have a very strong presence on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah, I started following you on Instagram. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, just watching the drinks that you pour on there. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. So yeah, folks, uh, please follow them on Instagram, follow them on Facebook. I'll put links to all of this information in the show notes for IamNorthwestArkansas.com. You'll see the show notes for this particular episode. And uh, when we launch and release this episode, there'll be all this accompanying information that comes along with it, as well as contact information for Leo and especially for Manny, because Manny is the man if you want to do something here at Black Apple Crossing. And I would suggest or encourage you to figure out a way to bring your organization, bring your company, come here, have a get together, have some cider and hang out. These are some cool folks. And I would encourage you to do that. Come and check out our event page on Facebook, please. Because that's where we post everything. That's where we always get the most engagement. We want you guys to go and check that out and, and just come join us and be part of the, some of the stuff that we're having, like our anniversary on July 28th. Oh, what is that? So we're having our fourth year anniversary, July 28th. I'm going to have some competitions and stuff. But again, just want to make an open invite for everybody to come check us out. We're going to have music. It's going to be a good time. Okay. Well, you know what? I'll make sure. Obviously, this episode will come out before July 28th, but we will certainly push people to to try to come out for this event. So yeah, I appreciate it. I'm glad you mentioned that. So, well, Manny, Leo, thank you so much for, for having me here, for just sitting down and having a, a drink with me and, and just having a, a chat. So we really appreciate it. The audience of I Am Northwest Arkansas appreciates it. Folks, you got to come down, check them out. They're right down here on Emma in the heart of downtown Springdale, Black Apple Crossing. You can't miss it. I think it's also the mile marker 13 on the Razorback Trail. Just past mile just marker 13. Mar- past yep. mile. Yeah. So, you know, if you're on the Razorback Trail riding up from the campus and you want to take a break, I can't think of a better place to come and refresh yourself than right here at Black Apple Crossing. So I'd say, I'd say the same, but yeah. I'm a little biased. Yeah, of course. That's okay. It's <laughs> yeah. a, I'm going to say it for you. So it's all good. <laughs> so that's it, folks. Manny, Leo, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And uh, I think at some point we'll be back here in the future to tell some more stories about the growth of this amazing organization. Awesome. Thanks for telling our story. Yeah. yeah thank, thank you, Randy. Thank you. So there you have it, folks. Black Apple Crossing right here in downtown Springdale. Another great establishment. Again, 
the focus of I Am Northwest Arkansas has always been business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life. This is entrepreneurship at its best. This is what it's all about. Just hearing Leo's story gives me goosebumps. And I hope that some of you listening to this that have had business ideas that you've put up on the shelf saying, I could never get it done. You need to dust them off and go after it. And, and of course, this podcast is not just about starting a business. It's about everything great that's happening in, in Northwest Arkansas. But entrepreneurship is a great thing that's happening here in Northwest Arkansas. And these guys prove it. So we really appreciate it. When you come here to Black Apple, if you've never been here before, tell them that you heard about it first on the podcast. And that'll give me a little street cred as I go out and uh, continue to do what I do. We've got some amazing episodes coming up in the near future. I just got contacted by the Symphony of North Northwest Arkansas. They would love to be on the podcast. We are going to indulge them and we're going to spend some time learning a little bit more about the upcoming schedule for the Sona Symphony. And so it, that I have so many people reaching out to me coming out of the woodwork saying they want to be on the podcast. They want to be a part of what we're talking about here. And so many people consume this information in this format. So we want to make it available to everyone, both near and far, whether you're thinking about moving here to Northwest Arkansas or you already live here and you've been a lifelong resident, we've got something for you. So thanks so much. Remember, you can check us out on anywhere that you can find great podcasts, especially Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere that you can find podcasts, check us out. And if you're inclined and you really like what we're doing, please write a review, give us a rating, let us know how we're doing so we can continue to bring you great content like this. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I really appreciate you guys. I hope you have an amazing day and we will see you next week. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.